Al-Bayan Radio presents The Life of Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon him Presented by Nidal Ayyubi Bismillah, alhamdulillah Salatu wassalamu ala rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa manwala Continue our lessons on the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam This is our third lesson And today insha'Allah We will speak about the family of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam now my dear brothers, today you may hear many names, you may find some of the stories a bit boring, but it's so important in understanding the background of the Prophet ﷺ before we discuss his birth and his youth and his marriage to Khadija and all the things that happened before prophethood. So his lineage is the best lineage. And as we know to the Arabs of that time and until now, lineage was very important. Who your family is, your family name. You know, some families were more prestigious, more honored than others. And the Prophet ﷺ had the most noblest of ancestors. He belonged to the tribe of Kanana or Kinana, who was a descendant from Ismail, who is the son of the Prophet Ibrahim. And he was from Quraysh. And Quraysh is a man called Fihr bin Malik and his sons, basically. And uh, Fihr, he was one of the grandchildren of Kinana. And this was a title given to his descendants, Quraysh. So this is how the, the tribe of Quraysh began. And they had a high position and honor amongst the Arabs. And the Prophet ﷺ, he said about his own lineage in, in a hadith found in Sahih Muslim, Allah chose uh, Kinana from the children of Ismail. And he chose Quraysh from the children of Kinana. He singled out Banu Hashim from Quraysh and selected me from Banu Hashim. So... The tribe of the Prophet ﷺ, Quraysh, they enjoyed a great status in the Arabian society for many reasons. One was because of their wealth. Another one was because they had the honor of looking after the sacred house, the Kaaba in Mecca. But at that time, they were not an organized tribe and they were divided into many, many clans. They did not have any system of laws. Outbreaks of wars and fighting between different clans often happened and based on petty issues. And for a long time, they basically remained like nomads or, or Bedouins roaming in the desert. Until a man by the name of Qusay bin Kilab, his real name was really Zayd, he united the Quraysh together. And he brought all the different clans together. And it was he who helped them come and live in and around the Kaaba. So they built the houses in and around the Kaaba. So now they were no more nomadic wandering. They became into settlements in and around the Kaaba. Now, he, Qusay, was known for his, for his wisdom, his judgment, and his leadership skills. And he was a trader. He was a trader, a businessman, a merchant. And he had many sons. And at that time as well, that was something great in Arabian society. A sign of honor to have many, many sons. Because when you have many, many sons, it means you have power. You have backup. Now, initially, those who were looking after the Kaaba was a tribe called Khuza'a, who we spoke about before, who removed or expelled another tribe, Jurham who were the ones living with Ismail alayhi salam. But then Qusay took over the responsibility and then he started to control all of the duties connected to the sacred house. And that's why the Quraysh came in and united around him. From the things he did was the building of Dar al-Nadwa. Dar al-Nadwa is like an assembly house or a parliament house where they used to meet, where Quraysh used to meet and discuss all their important matters. Even marriage uh, used to take place, their marriage contracts. So there were many duties connected, many duties, responsibilities connected to the Kaaba, to the sacred house in Mecca, such as 
the hijaba, which is this was this was the maintenance of the house to keep it safe as well. Uh, Siqaya, which was supplying fresh water to the pilgrims, Rifada, which was providing food and other necessities to the to the visitors, Qiyada, which is leading the army and carrying the flag in any war waged against the Quraysh. So these were all responsibilities that they had. Now, as normally happens, uh, after the death of Qusay, issues happened amongst his sons. Normally, the duties will be distributed amongst his sons. And that's what happened initially. And his sons were devoted and sincere in looking after these responsibilities. Initially, many people thought that Qusay's son, Abd Manaf, was the most suitable person to look after his father's responsibilities. However, Qusay passed on to his other son, Abd al-Dar. And this caused some issues between the tribes and the brothers. So now the next generation who wanted Abd Manaf to have the powers of his father, what happened? They gave support to his son Hashim. And we're going to find out who Hashim is very soon. They rallied around him and this caused two opposite groups. And as we know, tension started to grow between them, between these two families until they were about to go to war. But they reached a settlement and they decided that the sons of Abd Manaf will be given will be given the rights of collecting the taxes and providing pilgrims with food and drink. Whereas Abd al-Dar should keep the keys of the Kaaba and have control over the house or the house of assembly Dar another way. Now this man Hashim, who we're going to see very soon, is the great-grandfather of the Prophet He was the one chosen to provide pilgrims with food and drink. Hashim, he was given this name because Hashim is one who mashes stuff, mashes something. So he used to mash pieces of bread in meat and soup and give it to the pilgrims to eat. So Hashem was chosen by his brothers to look after the duties of providing the pilgrims with food and drink. And he used to rise, stand up and say, people of Quraysh, you are Allah's neighbors. The people of his house, the pilgrims are guests of Allah and no guests have such a claim on your generosity such as his guests, any of the guests of Allah. If my own world could cover it, I would not lay this burden upon you. Meaning I would cover the cost. So Hashim was very well respected by all uh, in Mecca and in Arabia. And he was the one who established the two great caravan journeys, as Allah mentions in Surah Al-Quraysh, in winter to Yemen and in summer to Asham. To Asham. Now Hashim then married a woman called Salma, bint Amr from Yathrib. Yathrib ended up becoming known as Medina, present-day Medina. And they had a son who they named Shaiba. He, he was called Shaiba because he had exceedingly white hair or gray hair. But subhanAllah al-Azim, Allah decreed that Hashim was to die soon thereafter. And his younger brother Muttalib took over the rights of providing drink to the pilgrims and collecting taxes to feed them. So Hashim dies and his son Shaiba is in Yathrib, Medina. And his family in Mecca found out about him. So Muttalib, you heard about Shaiba? Muttalib is the uncle, and he went to get the boy and bring him to Mecca. When he initially asked the mom, Salma, she was not too keen on the idea. Even Shaiba himself did not want to leave his mother. But he encouraged them and told them this boy has a great responsibility to play in Mecca. There are a lot of great opportunities for him in Mecca. And they, they agreed for him to go because there was a strong likelihood that he would one day hold the position that his father held. So now he took him back and they rode together on Muttalib's camel. Muttalib is his uncle. Huh? So as they're entering Mecca, they see Muttalib with a young boy. And they thought that Muttalib bought a slave, a young boy. And they used, back then they used to sell slaves and buy slaves in the marketplace. So they said, this is Abdul Muttalib. 
but his name wasn't Abdul Muttalib. He tried to tell them, it's, it's the son of, of my, my brother, he's my nephew, Shayba. But it stuck, and he was, became known as Abdul Muttalib. And Abdul Muttalib is the grandfather of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Hashim died, as we said, his responsibility should go to his son. But it went to his brother Nawfal, and he basically took over the duties of the house. Eventually, Abdul Muttalib succeeded in regaining the control of the duties of the house, and he was respected by all, especially amongst the Quraysh. He was known as generous, reliable, and wise. And he's also wealthy, and he was the one who rediscovered the woe of Zamzam. Said he had a dream, and he went with one, and he had one son at that time, and he dug where he saw in the dream with his son, and they all, what are you doing? This is, this is sacred land, because they used to slaughter to the idols there. But he persisted, and he rediscovered Zamzam. Because as we spoke before, the tribe of Jurham, when they were kicked out, expelled from Mecca, what did they do? Said, you're going to kick us out, we're going to bury Zamzam. And they buried Zamzam which was given to Hajar with Ismail, as we spoke about in the previous lesson. So this raised the status of Abdul Muttalib even more, because he's the one who rediscovered Zamzam after all these years. And this gave him a, a great watering source, which was great difficulty for them before then. So Abdul Muttalib, he, at that time, he only had one son, while other, other clans had many. So he promised to Allah that if Allah was to give him 10 sons, he would slaughter a son. So Allah gave him many sons, and he had 10 sons. So he got them together, bring them to the Kaaba, and gave them all an arrow with a mark on it. And he was to pick it, which arrow, whoever arrow he picks out, he is going to slaughter him. Which one was picked out? One of his sons, whose name was Abdullah. And he loved Abdullah more than the rest. Abdullah stood out to his father, Abdul Muttalib. So his uncles from his mother's side were not happy that they were going to slaughter him. And even his own brothers were not happy. So they ended up going to a wise lady, some said a witch, and she told them a suggestion, and they took that, and they ended up slaughtering a hundred camels. Abdul Muttalib ended up slaughtering a hundred <coughs> camels instead of slaughtering his son, Abdullah. Now, Abdul Muttalib's honor grew, and his respect grew amongst the people because he rediscovered Zamzam, and because he was a part of the leadership when the plot of Abraha was prevented when he tried to attack the house of the Sikast. So now Abdullah, now Abdullah is the father of the Prophet Sallallahu he, he was blessed with remarkable beauty, it said. And uh, as we said, Abdul Muttalib loved his son. He had special affection for his son Abdullah. Now Abdul Muttalib decided to find a wife for his son. And uh, he chose a lady from also from noble lineage, also a relative. Her name was Amina, the daughter of Wahab, bint Wahab from Banu Zuhra, who were from Quraysh as well, and Zuhra was the brother of Qusay. Now, the marriage took place as planned, but soon thereafter, Abdullah had to go on a trade trip, a trade journey to Asham, some said Medina, and on his way back, he fell ill in Yathrib when he was visiting his uncles on the way back, and he died there. He died there, just after getting married. Some have mentioned, Wallahu A'lam, he, he was in his 20s, his 20s, some said even mid-20s, so he was quite young. Now, imagine the grief his wife would have went through, just married, but subhanAllah, she felt comfort in that she was pregnant, and she was carrying her unborn child, or their unborn child. So she gave birth to this child, and she informed Abdul Muttalib, the grandfather of the child, about the birth, 
Abdul Muttalib took the boy in his arm, carried him to the sacred house, the Kaaba, where he prayed and gave thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he named him Muhammad. And at that time, it was a very uncommon name amongst the Arabs. Very uncommon. And as we know, Muhammad is the one, means the one who is, the one who is praised. And one of his other names is Ahmad, and that means the one who praises. So the Prophet ﷺ from the humans is the most praised individual, and he is the one, he's Ahmad, the one who praises Allah the most. That's why, my dear brothers, and we'll finish with this. In reality, the person we should follow, even from his name point of view, is the one who is praised the most. Who Allah raised his ranks. His name is part of the Shahada. His name is mentioned in Adan all the time. He is the one we have to follow, and he is the only one we enter Jannah behind. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wallahu alam. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sallam. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.